Hey folks, this podcast goes beyond the saddle as we explore professional careers across the equine industry. I'm your host, Katie Kleinbell. Let's tack up and head out. Products and Customer Marketing Manager for the Northern Hemisphere, Rachel Beckham, from started at Weatherbeeta in the warehouse 21 years ago, maintaining her passion with the equestrian world, having previously competed herself in eventing, working as head girl for Nigel and Ann Taylor. Outside of Weatherbeeta, Rachel and her family live on a small farm where they share their enthusiasm for the outdoors. During her time at Weatherbeeta, Rachel has been a key part of how the brand has evolved and developed with the most recent and arguably most exciting development and launch of the Weatherbeeta Green Tech Collection. Rachel, thank you so much for joining us in the podcast today, coming to us all the way from England. So thanks for joining. No worries. It's good to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. Well, let's start at the very beginning. Can you give us a synopsis of what your job is with Weatherbeeta? Sure. So I'm the products and customer marketing manager for the Northern Hemisphere. So I'm based here in Oxfordshire in the UK. And in essence, there's two parts to my role. Um, The first part is to lead our products team who are based in the US and in the UK to ensure we have the products and the stock levels required to deliver our sales. Um, Our global products team are actually based down in our head office in Australia. And we work really closely with them to develop the ranges and feed into them what will work for us here in the US and the UK. Um, We're always working really closely with the sales team as well to get their input from our retail partners on what products are working well in the market, what is required in the future, um, and what sort of things we can bring to market and be the first to market with. There's a huge amount of spreadsheet work involved um, with all of this in terms of turning information into forecasts and then orders that we place and setting pricing and reviewing stock turn and order fill. Um, I always have a very tricky challenge of making sure we have enough stock to sell, but not too much that the finance team are obviously not happy that I've uh, spent too much money on stock. Um, (laughs) I'm always working um, on probably three or four seasons at any one time. So at the moment, uh, we're ensuring that our spring 20 sell through has been completed and anything that hasn't, we're obviously looking and analyzing that data. Um, winter 20 is obviously just upon us. So we've just launched all that into retail now. So ensuring that all the products are here and delivered. Um, spring 21, we've just sold into our retail partners. So we're now making sure we have all the sales tools um, needed for that to provide to our retailers. We're finalizing sort of data in the creations and costings for our winter 21 range, which we will launch to our retail partners later this year. And then I'm already working on spring 22, which we're working with a global team for uh, development for the launch to that probably middle of next year. Yeah, in the marketing aspect of my role, um, I lead the customer marketing team that deliver all of our social media strategies. Um, They undertake all the photo shoots we need for USA and UK and also ensure that our retail partners have the marketing support they need, such as the POS and the catalogs and that side of things. Then any trade shows that we attend, um, like ASA or WISA or um, SPOGA over this side of the world, uh, was also done through the customer marketing team here. So my role is extremely varied, um, and you can safely say that no two days are ever the same. (laughs) 
It sure sounds like it. Well, and I think that's <laughs> an important piece to highlight is that, I mean, most people think of Weatherbeta and they think of winter blankets, right? So they're thinking of winter time and protecting their horses from the cold, but you guys have products for all seasons and not just blankets. Like there's so many other things and you deal with all of it. Absolutely. Yeah. So from hoof picks to blankets to paddock boots to breeches for spring, winter, summer, all year round, 24-7. I love it. And it's all horses and horse people and people who have dogs yeah. and all the fun things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Super fun. Is there a common myth that people might have about your role and what you do? And can we bust it? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, a lot of people think when you mention the word product development that uh, we play with horses and products all day. Um, but a lot of our role is actually market analysis and analyzing a product's performance. And as I touched on earlier, sort of stock turn, order fill, margin, they're all key areas that we have to focus on that are really important parts of the role. Absolutely. There's a lot more to it. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's, uh, yeah, people think it's that we uh, play with products all day, but unfortunately it's not. That's the fun side of it, but there's a lot of other work to do as well. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Well, you talked about doing the research to bring the new products to market first and, you know, being kind of the leader in that. And I know that you guys are very excited about your brand new green tech collection. So can you tell us more about that? Yeah, absolutely. This is um, this is a really exciting launch for us and one that we all here at Weatherbeast are really passionate about. I think we all know that um, plastic is one of the most pressing problems our planet faces. Um, we need to find uses for the waste to prevent this from being dumped into the environment. And that's why we have created the new Weatherbeast Green Tech range, um, which uses recycled plastic for the outer fabric and the lining. On average, it saves around about 340 plastic bottles from going into landfill or the ocean. And not only are we recycling the plastic, but actually the way in which the fabric is produced uses 50% less energy than the uh, a traditional blanket fabric being made. So it's much, much better for the environment. So something here at Weatherbeast, we're all really passionate about the, protecting the environment for future generations. That is amazing. 50% less energy saves 340 bottles. Like those are huge numbers. That is, that's amazing. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, like I said, we're, we're all really excited about it and think it's something really, really positive that we're doing for the, for the environment. For sure. Has this been a passion project for you? Have, I mean, were you working on it for a really long time to make this come to fruition? Um, yeah, I think, you know, within the department, we look a lot to um, other industries in terms of what they're doing and, and what developments and innovations are happening in different industries. And we'd started to see a trend in apparel where we were people were using um, different fabrics that were incorporating the use of recycled materials. So um, I looked at that in probably 18 months ago, two years ago, something like that. And then we, we were head off with the global team and, and started to look for fabrics that we could incorporate that into so yeah it's been in that it's been in a pipeline for a while and it's always really it's really tricky for me in this role because I have a lot of things up my sleeve in terms of what we're working on and what I know is going to come to market but I have to for once be very quiet and keep my mouth closed and not tell people about everything <laughs> so I'm actually really excited that now we can talk about this <laughs> yay yes oh that's so hard when you're excited about something but now it's out in the world and it's going to be it's going to be great. I think they're going to fly off the shelves because everyone's so environmentally minded now, which is awesome. It's such a movement. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, we hope so. 
Well, it sounds like working at Weatherbeta is tons of fun. So can you tell us more about what it's like to work for this big company? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, personally, I think it's great. Um, I love that my work encompasses my passion for horses and for the outdoors. Um, obviously, we have globally renowned brands with Weatherbeta and Dublin. But as a company, we still have the essence of the family business it started at some sort of 40 years ago. I'm lucky enough in my role to work with many different people across all of our supply chain and all of the countries we operate in. Um, we have a very strong company culture, which encourages us all to recognize the hard work and effort everyone puts in and to help and support each other to provide you know, the best products and customer service we can. We're a great team um, within, you know, all the countries. We all get on really well. And it is it is a fun place to work as well. Absolutely. I bet it's tricky um, juggling all those time zones, though. Is, does that get challenging? It does. Yeah, this time of year is not so bad. So I sort of start around sort of 7, 7.30 a.m., which is about 4.30 p.m. in Australia. So I can still get hold of them. And obviously the U.S. come online around about 1.30 p.m. UK time. So I get both of the world um, during the day so I can communicate pretty well. When we go to change the clocks at the end of October, then it gets a little more tricky. So obviously the US, I can still cope with in the afternoons. Um, but Australia, their sort of our 9 a.m. starts to become their sort of 10 p.m. So it's getting a little bit late for them. But we, yeah, we all manage it. We all sort of dig in and, and, and sort of help each other out in terms of time zones and working, you know, sort of a bit later one night or a bit earlier one morning so we can all communicate still and, and get the job done. Sure, sure. It's a team effort round the clock. Yeah. Well, how has Weatherbeta changed since you first started with a company, which was over 20 years ago? I know, that's making me sound old, isn't it? Obviously, I was very young when I started. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In diapers, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I wish, I wish. Um, obviously, I think, you know, products have evolved hugely over the years. You know, gone are the days of the old sort of canvas blankets that, you know, used to keep your horse dryish. Um, not really, but, you know, a little bit. Nowadays, we have, you know, a lot of different neck styles. We have different weights. We have different deniers. Uh, we have a lot of different features. And I think now in terms of development, you know, we certainly have at the forefront of our minds when we're developing products that our features make sure that they have the comfort of the horse in mind. You know, a lot of our features demonstrate this with the likes of, you know, the wither relief, the gussets, tail flaps, and even our fixtures and fittings take into account, you know, the, the rider's needs as well in terms of, you know, wanting to do fittings up quickly in the winter when it's freezing cold. You don't want to be wearing, you know, a big pair of gloves and then trying to do up a buckle or something. So we have a lot of different options for different people and different horse types as well. Riders' needs have changed as well. Um, riders were never really seen as athletes before, but things these days are certainly very different. You know, riders want the best products and features to enhance their own performance as well as the horses. So we see a lot more technical fabrics being used in legwear and apparel and as well as, you know, a lot more comfort in footwear as well. I suppose the other main things that have changed within Weatherbeater itself um, since my time here has been the technology. Um, you know, things have moved on in all areas of the business. When I worked in the warehouse 20 years ago, you know, we had a, a clipboard and a pen and off we went around the warehouse with a supermarket trolley. <laughs> we used to hit the orders, but nowadays yeah, everything in our warehouse is scanned in and scanned out and it's a very efficient operation. Um, and I think, you know, the way in which we communicate with consumers has obviously changed greatly as well with the introduction of social media you know whereas we used to do a lot of on-page print advertising more and more nowadays is turning to digital and social interaction with consumers through social media and, and that that side of things so yeah there's been a there's been a lot of changes over the years that's for sure 
Yeah, lots of change, but how fun to kind of see the full cycle and from where you started and where the company was, you know, then to where you are now and looking to the future and designing things like your green tech collection, which you would have never dreamt of, you know, 20 years ago. No, absolutely. Yeah, no, it is. Uh, it's a ever-changing environment, that's for sure. But uh, it's it's a great place to work. Fun, fun. Well, let's talk a little more about you. What led you here? I mean, what was your journey? How did you end up at Weatherbeater? I quite often ask myself the same question. <laughs> <laughs> my um, my father was a, a dairy farmer, um, so I was brought up on a farm. So I spent most of my time outdoors as a child. Um, my auntie was horsey, so that's how I found my way into horses. And I rode from about the age of three and had pet horses and ponies all through my childhood. My local yard um, where we lived at the time was um, an event yard. So that's where I found my love for eventing. And the lady who had it um, was sort of a four-star or what's now classed as a five-star rider. So whenever she would go to events, you know, I'd go as much as I could to go and, and help her um, and just hang out at events and, you know, play with the horses and that kind of thing. I then did juniors on my own horse. Um, but unfortunately, she had a hatred of water. So that made cross-country pretty difficult when you horse, had a horse that wouldn't go into water. But, uh, you know, we, we did our best. <laughs> I think I, you know, I was always very determined that horses would be my life. But looking back, you know, this probably wasn't the best decision, but education was never high on my priority list. Um, so my dad made it very clear to me that if I uh, wasn't going to study, I would need to get a job and, and pay my own way very quickly. So this led me to work for um, Anne Taylor, who then at the time was Hardaway. It was obviously from your side of the pond and from a very well-known hunting family, her father, Ben um, Hardaway, who uh, has a big hunt down there in Atlanta. I was traveling head groom for her for a number of years and was lucky enough to travel internationally to pretty much every three-day event there was back then. Um, so that was a great job. I, I absolutely loved it. But I then sort of, you know, had to make the hard decision to leave a job I loved as I realized if I didn't go soon, I would end up being some sort of old spinster surrounded by dogs and horses. <laughs> I would have probably been still there now, to be quite honest with you. But uh, so from there, I, I set up on my own um, where I bought and produced a lot of young horses to help pay the bills, as many uh, question people do. Um, I had one horse that I rode to advanced level that I actually rode for somebody else, um, but he was a great horse. But unfortunately, I had a bad fall and damaged my spinal cord, which actually left me paralyzed for a period of time and took me sort of six months before I was able to walk properly again. So at that point, my husband pointed out that maybe it was time to get what, you know, he referred to as a, a real job. <laughs> and... Uh, after years of being outside and in the equestrian world, that obviously filled me with fear, the thought of being sat in an office all day. Um, it just I, I just didn't know what I thought I was going to do. I was like, oh, my God, how could I how can I sit inside all day? That's going to kill me. But at the time, Weatherbeater were looking for warehouse staff. So I went along for an interview um, and got uh, a job as a warehouse operative. And I suppose the rest, as they say, is history. Um, from then, I've, I've sort of worked my way up through the company. Um, I became the products manager back in 2005. And that's sort of where I set my roots, really, in the products and marketing side of things. Um, but... Here at Weatherbeater, we, we actively encourage promotion from within. And I think um, I'm a great example of, you know, working my way up through the company. You know, I'm lucky enough to lead two really great teams of, of people, um, but it's all through, you know, sort of hard work, dedication, um, and it's got me to where I am. So, yeah, that's how I ended up here. 
Wow, that is that's quite the journey. And I mean, it's great to hear of companies that really promote from within, but don't sell yourself short. I mean, obviously you're really good at what you do, you know, so they just help foster your talent and give you the opportunities. So, and now you get yeah. to lead these two great teams. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, whenever there's opportunities for people with, from within, we do, we do try and promote. And, you know, some members of my team are, are good examples of that too. And across our business you know our warehouse manager or operations manager sorry he he's exactly the same he started with me in the warehouse and he now manages the operations for both uk and usa as well so within the business um there's a lot of opportunity for promotion within and that's something we certainly we certainly try and do that's very cool well that is definitely quite the journey um but i know it sounds like you're pretty tenacious so what is next for you what are you hoping to learn next or what are you curious about now yeah, I think as I as I sort of touched on earlier, you know, the product side of my role, um, we worked so far in advance. We're already halfway through spring 22, um, which again for us is going to bring some really exciting developments. We're very keen to continue to help protect the environment as much as we possibly can through our developments. You know, it's really important that you know we all spend a bit of time on this and ensuring that the planet is is safe for our future generations. So a lot of our developments will be heading that way in the in the future, as well as a lot of other exciting things we have in the pipeline. Which, like I said, I always have to be careful what I say. I don't want to let too much out of the bag. <laughs> no insider secrets for us. Not yet. Not yet. I haven't scooped up yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's perfect. Well, I'm. We're looking forward to seeing all of the great products you guys will have coming out. In the spring and beyond. So we'll keep our eyes open and see what you guys are up to. <laughs> well, Rachel, do you have advice? I'm sure that you do. If you could turn back time and talk to your freshman college self, what would you say? Yeah, good question. Like I said, education was never really high on my list of priorities, but I think as I've become older and wiser, that maybe, you know, I should have had a plan B. Horses were going to be my life, and that's certainly what. I set out to do. Um, however, I did not have a backup plan, <laughs> which unfortunately, when I did have my fall, made me uh, rethink a few things. But saying that as well, you know, I have no regrets either. You know, I wouldn't be where I am today without the sort of mishaps and challenges I've faced along the way. So, yeah, I have a plan B, but if I'd have had one, I probably wouldn't have stuck to it either. So, <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> Well, do you have advice for anyone that's looking to work professionally within the equine industry? Yeah, I think, you know, whether you're working in, you know, actual sort of barns, barn environments with horses or whether you're working in the equine industry from, you know, a wholesale or retail environment, you know, I think it is hard work. Um, so you need to have, you know, good work ethic, um, some loyalty. And I think one of the most important things is to be open to learning on a daily basis. It's a very rewarding industry and one that is always evolving. So the ability to adapt to change and continuing to learn is key. I think, you know, you never stop learning. Like I said, you know, I've been here 20 years and still, you know, every day there's something new that pops up that, you know, you, you just continue learning. It's great. Absolutely. Well, and as as you mentioned, as digital technology changes and we make advances to further our products and have changes there, I mean, there's always something going on, you know, in the, the world of technology in general. And then you just add the layer of the equine industry on top of it. And it just makes it kind of exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it is exciting. Well, let's talk more horses. That's what we want to talk about anyway. So tell us about <laughs> the horses that you've had in your life or that you own today still. So nowadays, I don't have any myself, um, although my son has a, a little Shetland pony. 
I hung my boots up a few years ago now, obviously, when I when I had the fall. Um, but I've had some great horses as well. Um, my advanced horse, Limerick, was obviously probably the best horse I had from a performance point of view, but also um, from his personality and just who he was. He was a great horse. Um, he was an ex-team chaser, so he was very good across the country, but show jumping was always his downside. He just wanted to get across that fence as quickly as he possibly could, and uh, if he rubbed it a little bit, it didn't matter, but... Uh, but he always gave it his all, so he was he was a great horse. And I've obviously had working in the international three-day event circuit. Um, I've had the opportunity to look after some of the best three-day horses in the world, and some of those have been you know fantastic animals to look after as well. Sounds like you've met some really stellar horses along the way. You sent me a photo um, of you riding this beautiful dark horse. Is that Limerick? Yes, that's Limerick. He's handsome. Okay, I've got him on board. <laughs> That's how he got away with a lot of things because his looks got him through. <laughs> You've got to work it, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. Do you have a most memorable moment with horses that you can share with us? Yeah, I think um, one of the most memorable, I think, was probably my first time grooming at Babington Horse Trials. Um, it's just a, such a prestigious event and the setting is beautiful. And I was lucky enough to groom there over a number of years. and. It never fails to deliver. Um, you know, I've also been lucky enough to groom on the UK and USA teams at championships. And I still have, not that it would fit me these days, but, you know, I still have some of the team kits we had sort of hidden in the back of my closet in my bedroom. But uh, one day I might dust them off again. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should. <laughs> Sounds like you've seen lots of wonderful, very talented horses and riders. Yes. Yeah, I've been lucky enough to... Uh, to know a lot of the, the top riders along my uh, journey. They're all good, fun people too. Absolutely. I love it. Well, I know that you have a lot of experience with all kinds of different products and events. Um, sounds like you guys go to a ton of different events in the industry and you have over the years. So if you could pick just one thing in the industry, in the equine industry that you absolutely love, whether it's a product or a form of media or an event that you've been to, just anything horse related that you can recommend to the listeners. It's a tricky one. Oh, obviously, I'd recommend all Weatherbeater and Dublin products. Um, <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> of course. Um, but I think in terms of one, it's really hard. You know, I've, I've been lucky enough to go to all of the big five-star events, so Badminton, Burley, Kentucky, um, and also Poe and Lemulin before they became five-star. And I think, you know, Kentucky is, is set in such an amazing place and the facilities are out of this world. Um, whereas sort of Badminton and Burley are surrounded by history and huge stately homes and each of those events have their own personalities. Um, and I would highly recommend attending as many of those as, as anybody possibly could. And I know it involves a bit of travel, but uh, it's certainly worth attending if anybody could ever get there. Absolutely. It's on my list. I have all of those things. I've never been to to any event like that. So I'm going to go. <laughs> You're like the third person to tell me. So I'm, I'm going to go, Rachel. <laughs> Perfect recommendation. Uh, but I know there's a lot more to your life than, than just horses. You've got a family. You've got a farm that you live on. Um, you do all kinds of fun things, I'm sure. So do you have a non-horse recommendation for us that you think our listeners might enjoy? Yeah, like you say, I have I have a busy a busy life outside of Weatherbeater too. Um, but I think I, I've always enjoyed travel. Um, I think it comes from the nomadic lifestyle of being a three day event groom. Um, you're never at home. You're always off traveling somewhere. And my husband and I were married in Kenya, um, so we went on safari, which was just 
an amazing experience to see animals in their natural habitats and again just emphasizes the need for us all to do a little bit of something to help protect the planet and the species um, that live on it so I think anybody who ever got the opportunity to go on a safari should absolutely do it. That sounds magical oh what a great recommendation sign me up. Sounds like you and I'll be traveling a lot. The three yeah. events to Kenya. Yeah, it sounds good. <laughs> I'll just hop on over there first, you know, hop across the pond and me and Rachel, we're going to go explore. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Rachel. The last thing I have for you is just a little bit of a game. Thought we'd have a little bit of fun. Um, so I'm just going to give you a list of this or that questions and you'll just pick whichever one comes to mind first. You don't have to have any reason for why. Uh-oh. <laughs> you ready? <laughs> ready. Beer or wine? Both. Ooh, both. Are you more depends on the time of the day? Good clarification. (laughs) (laughs) Are you more of a red or a white person? White. And are you more of like an ale or a stout person? Uh, Over here we have lager, so that's what I would drink here. Ah, Or in the US it would be IPA. Perfect. Rugby or football? Rugby. (laughs) <laughs> Ooh, that was definitive. <laughs> that was definite. My seven-year-old will be seven this week. Son has been told he's not allowed to play football because of the surname like Beckham, he will be compared for the rest of his life. Oh my gosh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, so he's playing rugby. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I hear that you like to cook. So do you like to cook on the stovetop, in the oven, on the grill? What's your preference? Oh, just like to cook. Um, yeah, I just, I enjoy cooking full stop um no matter where it is to be honest yeah that's that's my downtime so when I do finish work and we're not out around the farm chasing sheep or pigs or anything else um I'm inside cooking and coming up with some kind of creation Ooh, I love it what's your best dish oh my goodness well it's funny I was talking to a friend the other day we're going into winter time and I do like winter time when you can start to do sort of um you know slow roasts and um hot dinners and that sort of thing where you put something in the in the oven for four or five hours and pull it out later and it's a, a great little combination of something oh that sounds delicious <laughs> cocker spaniels or springer spaniels springer spaniels and i was just kind of scrolling through the weather beta website and looking at all of your awesome products so i'm going to ask you in two categories so what is your favorite equine product I think it has to be, for now, it's going to have to be the green tech rug for me because of the positive impact it's having on the the planet and the environment and, and what we're doing with it. Perfect. And then the second category I wanted to ask you about, you guys have a fair amount of dog products um, and dog lines. So what is your favorite dog product? I think for me, it's the therapy tech dog bed um i've got two dogs i've got a springer spaniel and what is supposed to be a long-haired jack russell but i'm not sure what she is really she's only seven months old bless her but uh, i recently just bought them a new bed actually only two weeks ago and neither of them will get off it they absolutely love it they come in the house and they lay straight on the bed and they lay there all night and anybody who has a springer spaniel knows that they don't sit still for very long yeah so Absolute miracle that he'll come in and he'll sit on that for three or four hours quite happily and he just lays there sleeping. <laughs> so for me, it's the Therapy Tech dog bed at the moment. Perfect. Well, the Green Tech uh, for the horses, the Therapy Tech dog bed for the dogs, and like a million other awesome products. So everybody go go check out everything that's on Weatherbeta and think of Rachel when you look through all the products because it's due to her hard work that everything is there and able for you to buy all over the world. Yeah, my hard work and my team. I have a great team that helped me do it. 
Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Rachel. It was so fun to get to talk to you and get to know what life is like over at Weatherbeta and your great career as the products and customer marketing manager. So thanks for coming on the podcast. No worries. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. Thanks for writing along. Know someone that would be great to interview? Have questions you'd like answered on the podcast? Send me an email at beyondthesaddlepodcast at gmail.com or join the conversation on social media. You can connect with us and learn more about the Beyond the Saddle podcast by following us on Facebook and Instagram at Beyond the Saddle Podcast. Find more episodes anywhere that you get your podcasts, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and more.